it's a yes bang maximum, the first of this contest. Oh, that is brilliant. It's a hero maximum. On the ground, on the ground, another hero maximum. Right, welcome back to the Maximum Cricket Podcast, episode 38. My name is Munter. We are joined by Jacko and Lugsy here this week. We have a fantastic lineup for you. We are talking India, Australia. How close will the series be? And will India run right as per? We are wrapping up the White Bull season with a quick one day power rankings. How many teams can actually win this World Cup? It's also finals time in the Super Smash, Canterbury, Otago or Northern, what's your pick? And of course the snack draft is back, but first everyone wants to know, Jacko, the train rolls on for Burnside. Yeah, 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 boys win again, uh, good, to, good to be a part of, good to see, so yeah, I think we're coming up on 15 wins in a row, so. Wow, um, that's not nothing. Yeah. <laughs> It's not nothing. So, yeah, we're actually going to tank next week. Just get the slip up out of the way. Um, and, okay. yeah, don't don't let it come up in finals time. Um, but, no, in all seriousness, boys played well. So, another good week. Just keep getting better and, yeah, hope for the best come finals time. For you, Jacko, so obviously we, we still don't do that down here month do we? We don't do finals, do we? No, we haven't, we haven't done finals for for years. Like, yep. I, don't, I don't remember finals at all. We should do it. Like, finals day is a great occasion. Mm. Yeah, you'd think you'd get the um get a bit of support. Hopefully, get it out to the clubs and get everyone else out there. Is there um is there much support there, Jacko, for finals day in your your area? Or? Yeah, I think like the the day of the final, everyone sort of realizes like I oh, sort of haven't seen my my partner on a Saturday for x amount of weeks, and <laughs> this is sort of the reason why. So um yeah, you do do tend to get a few people down. You probably normally get about a hundred on the day. So. Nice. Um, sort of give or take throughout the day, which is which is nice. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a good event and sort of a standalone cricket. So, um, yeah, all the time sort of people just pop in to see what's going on. So, yeah, make, makes a good day of it. Yeah, one of the tough times for the single guys in the team when they realise, like, these sad days before the boys are over. Yeah. <laughs> Partying stops for, for six months. Beautiful. Uh, right, uh, we'll, we'll crack into it. Eh? We'll, uh, like, there's been a bit of a calm before the storm, I guess, this week is, you know, we're a few days out from a massive test series between Aussie and India. But I thought before we talk about that, I thought like, let's, put a, let's put a bow on the white ball cricket that's been on as late as of late. New Zealand, Pakistan and India, England travelled to South Africa. We thought being a World Cup year, let's just take a bit of stock of the form one-day teams as of now. Going to do a quick power rankings, but I'm only going to rank the teams that actually have a chance of winning the World Cup. So yep. no West Indies, Bangladesh, Sri Lanka, and the Associates. That's just for now. Like, these, that can change. You know. It feels like we're setting ourselves up. Yeah. Well, you know, like, like I think Sri Lanka potentially, like, they've got some series coming up. I know they're coming over here. If they tip us up... You know they can put their name their name in the in the in the lights for sure. But as of now, like I don't really feel the need to just say like talk about the chances of Bangladesh winning a World Cup. Like just I need to yeah, see a bit more. Low chance now. Yeah, very low, very low. Um, so I've got six teams here. Um, okay, I'm going to do five and six together. I think that's like my bottom tier at the moment. Um, I'll call them like outside chances. Um, both teams have world-class talent, but they've also got a lot of holes um, and, lack, and lack a little bit of X-factor. Um, New Zealand at fifth, Pakistan at, at sixth. Um, before I get into there, I just this is 
no easy way of doing a segue to this, except for I'm talking about Pakistan, so I'm going to bring them up right now. Out or not out, um, quick return, Pakistan, apparently got a new coach, um, heavily rumoured with hiring Mickey Arthur as the new head coach, except there's a bit of an issue with that. He's actually uh, also coaching Derbyshire at the same time, so with uh, which is a contract that runs till 2025. However, you know, the PCB... They like doing things a little outside the box. Um, so they're set to hire an online head coach, apparently. I don't know how it's going to work, but uh, fellas, just real quick, out or not out? Out. You can't run that, surely. You just can't. Like, your coach has got to be there in person. Like, what, is he just texting players when they're dropped and whatnot? Like, yeah. It's not an easier way to do it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it saves face <laughs> for him all, all, all the time. World, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Just a wee, uh, wee email. Unlucky, mate. Uh, love what you're doing. See you next week. Um, no, got to be out on it. He just, go- he, just, he just ghosts them. He just stops talking to them. And then they yeah. have to eventually figure out that they're not in the team. Yeah, sort of that, that chicken crick info 30 minutes before the toss as well to see if they're like, they've been named in the, in the 11. So, uh, no, very out on it. Like the nature of cricket, you've got to be there. So I think the nature of all coaching, in fact, you need to be there. So, yeah, very out. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I had a, read a few articles and it seems like he's – so he's only, he is going to be uh, there for the World Cup from what I can see. Um, but, like, and then for now he'll just be communicating online or however they're going to do it. So it still seems very bizarre, but I think there was some times where he is going to be with the team. It's, I think a lot of the older Pakistan players were, were fairly upset by it all and just sort of can't believe this is their best option. Like – there's no coaches elsewhere as good as him that he's so good he can do it online. So I think there's a bit of disappointment from the former Pakistan players and what's going to happen. But there's probably someone out there that knows sort of the, the setup a bit better than I. Because um, I do believe he is going to be there in person for some of them. But even that seems wild. Um, it's very 2023, isn't it? He's sort of looked around and said, oh, see, everyone's sort of just working from home now. So I can't, can't sort of work it out. Yeah, it's a tough one. I guess uh, considering it's pretty tough to be a man manager without actually being in person. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know. It's a strange one. It, it sounds like Pakistan like really wanted Mickey Arthur, and he said, "Well, I'm contracted by Derbyshire. Like I'm going to just focus on this." And they've gone, "No, we really want you. Like you can do both." And it's just he he's. There's nothing against Mickey Arthur. I'm sure he's a good coach. He's done, he's done. Fuck, he's done a lot of teams now. He's done basically every team except New Zealand, I think. Um, but he seems like a strange person to just bend over backwards to get. That, that's what I saw from the articles. It was like it was really Pakistan pushing for this as well. Mm. That was what seemed strange. Is he was sort of saying like, "No, I've got this other deal," and they were saying, "We're going to make this work." Yeah, so <laughs> he's trying to let them down gently, and they just run with it. Yeah. That, yeah, he sort of he sort of rejected them, and they've just gone, no, no thanks, we're not we're not accepting that. Uh, you will be having the job, and we'll just yeah figure it out. Yep. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Um, yeah. So that that's sixth. So I've got them. I've got them as low as six. I've got them just behind New Zealand because obviously we just bet them in New in Pakistan. So that's got to that's got to count for something. But you know they've got the best batsman in the world, a world class bowling attack. But they've just got a lot of holes in their batting lineup, similar to New Zealand. Um, 
how do you guys see that? Do you, you think that's where New Zealand and Pakistan land, boys? Yeah, I think definitely Pakistan at six. I think the T20 World Cup showed there just be, like how they just don't have the batters. Like their batting is so fragile outside of sort of Babar and Rizwan. And when you like extrapolate that over 50 overs, I just don't think they're going to quite have it. Um, so yeah, like them at six. And I think New Zealand at five, there, there is a bit of uncertainty with the New Zealand team. Is that batting like, for me at the moment? Yeah, it's just a, like a, we're probably like two or three batting spots where we're just a bit unsure. Um, so yeah, New Zealand at five. But I mean, if we get in the dance, it will be the team no one wants to play. Yeah, and that's that's sort of why that they're like you've, they've got to be a chance because I think like Jackie you said last week they we know how to play tournament uh, footy. Um, we'll, we'll definitely we won't really make too many mistakes at a World Cup, so we've got to be in the mix. But I just can't see us winning it, especially because it's in India like right now. Yeah, so I was just thinking. I think yeah, obviously in the in the right sort of posse and, and probably well suited to be grouped together there. Because the other teams, you sort of think, like, they'll have to both play really good, consistent cricket and maybe a couple of things just go their way to, to win this tournament. Whereas with some of the bigger guns, you think they're, they're, with their, their batting power especially, especially in your obviously, it's like they might not have to be at their best to win some of these games. Like one player will just blast 150 and they'll win the odd game just on that. Whereas your Pakistan and um, sorry, New Zealand, you think their best players are going to have to sort of perform most of the tournament. The odd thing goes their way, and then we can sneak into that semi-final final. Yeah, I think that's, that's fair. And um, well, we'll move on to our next tier. Uh, I've got two more teams in the middle, three and four. I've got I'm calling them sort of fake contenders, uh, teams that that look good, their form's good, but I don't trust them. Uh, Aussie at four, South Africa at three. Um, you could convince me that it should be the other way around, but I'm going to give South Africa. A, they did just want a series, so I'll give them give them their flowers. Um, yeah, I'll start with Australia. You know, they've won their last six ODIs against England, but they were hungover. New Zealand ones were on ship pitches, so it doesn't count. They're, they're binning off those ODIs against Afghanistan in March, which means they're not going to play any one days until they go to South Africa in September, and then it's the World Cup. Not ideal. South Africa, uh, I mean, they just beat England in a series. They've got a bowling attack of Rabada, Norchies, Ngidi, Janssen. Their batting actually looks quite strong. They've got uh, Rassi averaging over 70. David Miller, he's one of the best fives in the world. Bavuma's even getting runs. Um, however, you know, we can't ignore the fact that South Africa have to go through qualification. They're actually, gonna, they're actually not qualified Um which is quite crazy. They forfeited one day as they lost to Bangladesh last year at home. And then even if they get to the World Cup and their form's good, they choke. And I can't get past that. So, boys, what do you make of these two? Yeah, I think <clears throat> Pakistan, uh, sorry, South Africa feel like Pakistan with less batting questions. Like, there's yeah, still, a few, there's still a few there out of that T20 World Cup. Um, I still, yeah, they're sort of, They've got a bit more of a fleshed-out order, but I still just don't see them scoring the runs when it matters. Their, their bowling attack is, is just just the same boat as Pakistan's, if not better. Um, but, yeah, that question mark will remain over the runs. And then, yeah, Aussie, Aussie at three or four, I don't hate it. They 
I mean, yeah, the the top two are clear. So you've got to put Aussie and South Africa somewhere, and I'll probably have Aussie at three, maybe because I just I just feel like they they're like a tournament team as well. They've won so mm. many World Cups. Uh, the last one they won, everyone was like, this Aussie team might be the worst sort of a team established for a tournament. And then they just got in a run and beat us in the final. So, like, they're just always going to be sniffing about. And as you said, South Africa, they've never played in a semi-final, I don't think. Or a final. No, they, like, they haven't played a final, yeah. They've never played in a final. They've lost every semi-final under the sun. So, yeah, you can't you can't put them out of your top, into your top two until they prove they can get to the last two. Yeah, there's obviously, there's, there's sort of not a lot to add there. It's it's quite funny to group together because they're probably polar opposites when it comes to these tournaments. Like, <laughs> if there's a team I do trust to, to get their shit together and just perform when it matters, it's Australia. Um, and India, obviously, I, I have a little more doubt about Australia, yeah. Um, South Africa, obviously, pretty impressive series victory for, for how much, whatever it matters. Um, against England, so that's that's not enough. And getting a, a series win over them, give them a bit of confidence. Um, and you, yeah, you can't write them off at all. Well, they, when the team can score three hundred and have their bowling attack, if a few things go right for them, I mean, you can't write them off. But it's sort of it's a hard. How many times do we have to see them fail at World Cups before you you start to think, yeah, okay, they're probably not going to get it together here. Oh, they're due. They're due. <laughs> Overdue, some would say. <laughs> but yeah, so I sort of think, yeah, there's a clear top two. And then those next four, I mean, you could honestly kind of group them all together. I think Australia's, you know, in certain conditions, Australia would stand out from, from the others. But in India, I think it brings those four teams all pretty similar together. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And I might as well, I'll, I'll go, the, see, the next two, I'm actually going to, put them in different brackets, so their own bracket each. So I'll start with England, who are by themselves at the moment. Uh, I'm going to call them sort of like playoff England, um, just because they're not really giving a shit about bilateral stuff. So, like, obviously, they're the opposite of Australia and South Africa. Their form's shit. They haven't won an ODI series against a full member nation since 2021, and yet they're the current 50-over and T20 champions. I mean, that's got to, that's got to mean something. Like, I just... You know they'll turn it up when they, when they when it matters. Um, you know it's like the latest series they'd lost against South Africa, but somehow it's like things are good though. Like Josh mm. Butler looks like the best player in the world. Dove Milan is averaging fucking god knows, god knows. <laughs> Joffrey Archer is back, and Jason Roy even made a ton. They've got Joe Root, Johnny Bearsaw to come back. They average almost fifty. Um, I can't like I can't have them in anywhere near India. Um, mm. at the moment, but it's just like England, I still have them ahead of um, the, the rest of the pack, even though their form's not great. I mean, we love a ball analogy. They feel like LeBron's sort of teams LeBron's been on for the last 10 years in the NBA. They don't care what seed they are. They don't care how they play in the regular season because like, LeBron knows when it's time to play. Like He's going to step it up and they're just going to be fucking good. And it just feels like they sort of aren't too phased. They're like, oh, well, like, we, as you said, we've got some of the best players in the world in this team. And, like, we just know once it's time to, like, switch in and focus, uh, nothing else matters. We're champs in, in two formats for a reason. And, yeah, as you said, they will just kick on and, and rightfully at two. 
Yeah, I think it's it's kind of what sucks about these like series now is it's like teams sort of to go into them and it's I mean obviously winning's still hugely important for them, but it's more like well let's just make sure we don't get beat three nil. Let's still win a game so we you know we've still got some winning <laughs> feeling in the camp, and then let's actually just like make sure our players are in form. Like it's like they winning's not as important as making sure all, each player is getting something out of the three games. Like, if you can come alongside, you know, we've got Archer back now. He's bowled some overs. He's got a six that he's feeling good. Did, did, did every batter get a, 50, a score of 50 or over? Did we get some experience chasing 300? Like, if you can get a few things out of these series and you almost finish it and just go, well, we lost 2-1, but we've got a lot out of that. And when it comes to a tournament, we, we can still, we're still confident we'll win it. So, it's sort of, I think they'll look at that, as you say, that, that Pakistan, uh, sorry, South Africa series and be like, well, we took a lot of boxes there. We didn't win the series, but a lot of our guys seem like they're in form. We've got Archer back, which is one of the main thing, like a huge weapon. So we've got enough out of that. Yeah, I like that from both of you boys, actually. Um, yeah, you're right, Lugsy. If, if every, you kind of want as little question marks after a series. You want everyone to just do something so that, the media's not on their back, so you've got like all you've ticked all these boxes, and then you can just move on. Like, the results don't seem to matter as much as they used to. And also, I love I love that from Jacko uh, with England being uh, sort of playoff LeBron, and they would almost be like the tw- if they are the twenty sixteen Cavs. I've actually got India here. I've actually got uh, brackets. I've got India seventy nine, seventy three, and nine Golden State Warriors. Yeah. Um, number yeah. one seed favorite by a long way their form is remarkable their team is like so good they haven't lost an odi series at home since 2019 and that's where the world cup is like me and jacko were saying on, on last year's portal or whatever um that india just seemed destined to win the world cup in india mm. however the reason i've got them as a 73 and 9 warriors is greatest regular se- season team ever very similar to india's former bilaterals both teams stumbled at the final hurdle. Yeah. Um, boys, favourites, but we still question marking them? Maybe. I mean, it's just tournament cricket and it's just so, so hard and so hard to pick it this far out. And I mean, as you said, they look like the best team on paper. They look, they're in their home conditions. Everything sort of is tracking for them to sort of win this World Cup in a canter. Um but one thing we know weirdly about Indian tournament cricket especially is they just sometimes, like, it just doesn't work how it's supposed to for them. Like, they, they've had some big, big World Cup droughts. They've done, like, they've done their time of being like, what is going on? Why have we got, got across the line here? So, yeah, all the stars seem to be aligning. But um, as you said, is the slip-up going to come and is it LeBron's Cavs? Yeah, I mean... If, if we were all punting men, and, and we are, um, even though we may not punt a lot of money, Matthew, $5 off. <laughs> you, you're not, no one, I don't think, is going to punt against India. But, of course, no. in any tournament, you you can't be so confident inside. Because, like, if they were playing each team in a series, I'm confident they would beat everyone 4-1, 3-2, 5 yeah. you know? Yeah. But... If, if they play a semi-final or a final, there's there's every chance you can get beaten by a side on a on a day, especially in today's cricket where so many batsmen can just score a hundred off fifty and just take a game away. And maybe they, India don't even do much wrong. Um, 
But, yeah, I mean, I know you've always talked about it, but, like, those T20s against us was just insane. Uh, the one day, sorry. Where you're like, they're just going to score 350 every innings. Like, it's just, it seems inevitable. And, like, on that note, sort of, I think, you know, you just get these moments in time and sport, like, sort of messy in this World Cup. It just seems like India is so set to win this World Cup, as you talked about. It's going to be Kohli on the shoulders. Gil probably lifting him up and, and the future sort of takes off. So it just seems written for India at the moment, but we'll have some twists and turns, I'm sure, on the way there. Mm, it just it just for me, it just depends if India can unleash the shackles and if they can play, I think, like you said, Lugsy, if it's a bilateral series or it's any sort of series, I think their class will overpower every team. And I think since they're at home, I, I could say as of now, I think I feel pretty confident they would beat every team except England. I'm not as confident. I think England are just, they are so good. And they like, if you're going to beat England, you've got to be at your best. And I don't think you can limp past them. Mm. And if... India don't if they freeze and they don't sort of put the put the hammer down like they do in bilaterals and really like just punish bowlers and and really just sort of like when they're on top in the field they they go for the kill if they can't do that I think England will win but it just depends on if we can set, get the best version of India and knock out footy you can't um you can't underestimate how like I know they play in front of it all the time, but their fan base is just going to be absolutely insane for this World Cup. Yeah, massive. And Coley's and that are, are gonna are gonna handle it, but it's still, you know they're all still humans, and that's gonna feel they're gonna feel that pressure at some point, I'm sure. Yeah, that that stadium that's got that fits up well over a hundred thousand people. Like, n- no cricketer really has that often where there's 100,000 people screaming your name, sort of like bang, bang for you to do well. So They're going to find a way to fit in 150,000 in there as well, no oh, yeah. doubt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Capacity's 100, but they'll be 150 min, oh, especially minutes. if they play Pakistan. Holy. That would be, like, if that can happen, that might be one of the biggest, like, best sporting events to go to of all time, I reckon. Is, that, is the draw out yet? Have they miraculously found themselves playing each other game one again? Or Oh, you better believe they're in the same pool for the 12th time in a row. It's funny, they, won't, they, never, they won't go to each other's countries but, uh, for like anything else, but like they'll play each other in a World Cup. Oh, yeah. That's going to be absolute box office. Yeah. They are guaranteed to play Narendra Modi Stadium game one. 132,000 people there. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you, Oh yeah, yeah. Capacity of um, one hundred and thirty-two thousand. Like that is outrageous. Um, I tell you, what, and, there, and there's about there's probably another two hundred thousand that missed out on tickets. Yeah, oh. how, how are we tracking, Munter? Are we going to make that game, or um, we'll probably just need a, a couple, a a, just a couple more patrons, just just a couple. Mm. Like people just want to just sort of help the boys. That'd be that'd be much appreciated. Yeah. Couple sponsors, sort of thing, and we'll really crack into it. Simmons got back to us about the ringer deal because I heard we were very close. Well, I did I did mention to him that, you know, Major League Cricket is starting up in the US soon and, you know, if you wanted um, someone that's well-versed in the ringer, ringer-verse culture mm. um, and knows a little bit about Gurk, more about snacks, uh, we're, we're, the, we're, your, we're your guys. 
Wouldn't it be great if, like, the top 95 cricket podcasts are all just under these random contracts? So we just slip in uncontracted straight in. <laughs> yeah. They're not the best, but they're the only one not under contract, and we've yeah. got them. But they're the only ones we can get in for this, so they're, uh, they've got the gig. It would be, t- be tough, like, once um, like Simmons, Simmons asks for your email, Lugsy. <laughs> I'm just going to flick you an email. Yeah. Oh, sorry, mate. We've just, we've just got to get you to sign this contract, mate. Like, we'll just email that to you and you can figure it out. Simmons tries to send me to a big game. I'm just out on a bender. Yeah, sorry. It's not going to work. So, I'm, stuck in, I'm stuck in Moscow, actually. <laughs> All right. Shall we, um, shall we crack on to the series, this India-Australia series? It's going to be massive. Uh, February the 9th, three days from now. Australia travelling to India for four massive tests. And even though they haven't won a series in India since 2004, and India haven't lost a series against any side since England beat them in 2012, uh, there's a sense of optimism from Australia that this could be the year. Um, and I think it's due to just having so many players in form. Um, mm. So we thought, you know, we'll go through. Maybe we'll go through a potential combined uh, eleven uh, for the game. That's in India, and it is actually closer than I thought it would be because I thought it'd be India just dominating. Um, but boys, what are you most looking forward to about the series? Um, yeah, the biggest thing for me is probably to see how the Aussies' batting stands up. Um, yeah. I saw something the other day that, like, I think it's out, apart from Steve Smith and David Warner, I don't think anyone in the top seven or eight has batted in India in a Test match. So yeah, I mean, everything can prepare you for India, but uh, not nothing like actually have been I've have done it before. So um, yeah, it'll be it's just going to be how India's batting, how Aussie's batting holds up, um, and probably interesting to see the Aussie second spinner, um, see who that's going to be, and see sort of how how effective they can be as well. So um we sort of know what we'll get within the indian side so it's going to be going to be interesting to see those two sort of caveats for for aussie yeah very i mean a very exciting series and and just quietly for the kiwis not a bad start time i think it's five o'clock Thursday. Mm. that's very good viewing for us um it's one of those series i said well india in more recent years india, india actually going to australia has been amazing viewing um but back sort of when i was a nipper one of the one of the obviously first big standout tests I remember is when Aussie famously declared and then VVS went in and batted and and got two seventy four I believe from memory and and sort of that completely changed cricket. That's one of the first games oh, where yeah. cause everyone used to follow on and that was just one of the first games Aussie enforced to follow on and India batted all day ended up winning the test by a mile and it sort of completely changed everyone to decide. Like the follow-on was basically never going to be enforced going forward, mm-hmm. just because India scared everyone so much. It's just a series of great history. India going Aussie, uh, or sorry, Aussie going India. I think yeah, Jacko said it best. I think there's probably a bit more intrigue about about Australia. I'm sort of interested to see how their bowling stacks up. Like it's obviously a world-class attack, but if they can't make inroads early, it's sort of you worry a wee bit about them. They might be in the field for a couple of long days, but their bowlers will charge in and then obviously Lyon will play, I think, and do a, a quite a bit of work and then the next spinner will be interesting because that's when it gets tough. If you haven't taken a wicket in a while over there and, and India's batting starting to go all right, 
that's when that that series gets very tough. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Like I said, the burning, the burning of the spinners is probably going to be the key. Like I've got, I've got for my openers, I've got Rohit Sharma and I've got Osman Khawaja. But as as he got found himself over there, has he? Yeah, he's made it there eventually. Um, it's he's uh, obviously was struggling to get a visa. Um, and and on unrelated, he is a Pakistani boy, uh, Pakistani born, I believe. So um, mm. still mm. got a Pakistani passport, I believe. Yeah. Who to mess with a test match? Obviously, you've got the um, you've got the making the pitch a bit more in your favour. Would you say sort of not giving someone a visa? That's probably ranks a bit higher on what you can do to to affect the test. Yeah, it's funny. There's no issues with David Warner's uh, visa. Um, they actually they actually fast they actually fast tracked it just with his yeah. form. <laughs> Harris, Hanscom, and Warner all their visa came back like within an hour. <laughs> and they, That's quite weird. Pat Cummins was struggling there for a bit, I believe. So. <laughs> yeah, I heard, I heard the guy that found Steve Smith's application just like put his passport in the shredder on accident. <laughs> <laughs> Are we all make mistakes. Yeah, uh, sorry, mate. Um, the only other thing I'll add, I'm I'm quite intrigued to see if Sky plays. Um, yeah, Shaysai has ruled out for that uh, first test, so yeah. they'll need they'll need a new five. So. It's potentially looking like Sky could could debut at five, um, um, which is interesting. Sort of with your, with your, sorry, I know you've, you've just with that combined opening two. Who's going to open for India, do you think? Um, Sharma, obviously. Sharma and Gil, yeah, would you say? Well, it's, uh, that's what you'd think. Gil's the, the hot hand, but you've got to remember that Rah- Rahul, Rahul's the vice-captain. Yeah. Um, so that'll be interesting, unless they want to – yeah, so there's a potential that Shimmer Gill could could come into the middle order. Um, mm. If you like, he is he is like the most form player in the world right now. So you kind of you almost want to like just get him going, but then again, so is Sky. So I sort of think more. I, I, yeah, I think they could go back to sort of having Rahul in the middle. I think that's an option, and let Gill, mm. yeah. younger player, obviously. Just maybe a bit more comfortable to start doing the job opening what he's been doing. Yeah, you're probably like you're either mm. you're either opening Rahul and giving Sky his debut, or you're sort of batting Shubman at, at one and letting KL bat at five, and then you've got Pajara and Coley, don't you? So it's still a pretty loaded batting lineup, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a that's a great great option to have either of those as your like backup to a guy being injured, yeah. isn't it? Well, I mean, and then they've got the middle order. They've got like Pajara, Coley, like I said, they've got Sky. I think obviously they're going to miss like Rashad Pant, who was probably the best, actually the best batter um, for t- for twenty twenty two, and the best keeper bat- batter in the world. So, and I think if I think Ashad Kishan's probably going to get come in, and he's on, he'd be on debut. So it's not it's not looking as strong as it normally does, just because they. And, and to be fair, they always play on like minefields, so. That's tough, and you compare that to Australia, Marnus, Steve Smith, Travis Head—they're all in the top ten Test batters in the world. But it's in India, and Travis Head hasn't been known to play spin well at all. Uh, Marnus has obviously never been to India. Steve Smith's the only one where you like—I mean, he averages like sixty odd in India. He's been there before. He scored bronze there before. You know he's probably going to do the job. He's probably not going to sleep for the next month, but yeah, somehow he's still going to produce runs. I'm sure it's it's pretty crucial. I think a guy like him does score runs, 
just even for the smallest matter of being out there, um, yeah. like spending time in the middle with these with these guys that are a bit less experienced over there, just to have him at one end, because I'm sure like those conditions are going to be pretty brutal, um, and just to have him out there, sort of slowing the game down, maybe talking guys through a bit early on is going to be pretty crucial. Yeah, if he can be out there when guys are starting, like, and he can sort of guide them through what they're going to need to do to sort of get themselves started and, and adjust to the wicket and stuff. So, yeah, Steve Smith be a huge key, key for their batting side. Who have you gone? Three, four, five. So, obviously, yeah, I've gone like Steve Smith will knock him in at four. He's first pick. And then I've got Manus versus Pujara. Um, I feel like there's an argument either way, but I think I'm just going to give it to Manus because he is the number one player in the world. Um, yeah. So it's got to have a sum, even though it's in India and doesn't might not man, matter much. And then you got Coley versus Travis Head, and it's like I just feel like Coley's heading in the right direction. Like I feel like he's ticked off the T20 hundred, he's ticked off the the ODI hundred. It's a, only a matter of time for the for you get a Test hundred, and I'm just not sold on Travis Head just yet that he can play spin. So I'm going to go Coley. So I'm going to go Manus, Steve Smith, Coley. Yeah, I mean, that's a hell of a top. Well, that's a hell of a three, four, five. And as you said, Coley is just sort of rounding back into like the Coley of old. He's sort of not captaining now, but he will be fucking right up for this series. Like some of his all-time moments as a cricketer are test match hundreds against Australia. So I can't imagine this series being any different. So he's, he's going to bat unbelievably well for the whole series, I think. Yeah, I'm just I, I'm a huge fan of Travis Head, but just at this stage, I can't put him ahead of Coley in India. Um, you sort of with some of these guys, they they go in the wrong direction, and you you give them a bit of leeway, and they do sort of never get it back. But I think I'm still at the stage where I'm I'm still willing to trust Coley to to get it back and to to have a big series. As you say, he loves playing against Australia. Um, I do hope, I, yeah, I hope Travis Head goes well because he's had a sensational return to the team. So this would be massive for him to have a big series over there. I think if he pumps it, I think he's got a chance. I, I think if he plays, tries to bat like a normal test cricketer, I think he's going to get found out technically against spin. But I think if it's a dust bowl and it's like a shootout, like you're going to get, you're going to get bowled out no matter what, and he comes in and he's just pumping it, like he has been, you know, he's a chance to just really like ruffle some feathers and get get a few quick, like quick fifties could be as good as hundreds, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like the way he batted in that game uh, against South Africa when it was seaming around everywhere, yeah. and he just like got that runner ball ninety, like changed the game. Like he was the difference. So yeah, he tough to miss out in the combined eleven, like the prestigious maximum cricket combined eleven, <laughs> but um. Yeah, he, he's going to put this on his wall. He's going to put this in his hotel room and just as motivation. Yeah, we're giving him some bulletin board material. And uh, when he <laughs> collects that Man of the Series trophy, we'll just have a little chunk of the check. Thanks, Travis. And get him on the pod. <laughs> I think um, the, the, the point you made at the start's a good one, though, about a lot of guys being in form. It's a lot easier for Travis here to trust his game at the moment and decide, like, I'm, if in doubt, I'm going to go for it coming off the back of runs. There's a bit of security in, in his spot at the moment. So having guys in form, if it is going to be dicey and, and they've got a bit more trust in themselves that I can have a go here, um, there's a lot more freedom in that. So that's exciting for him. It's probably fair to say. I, I, he could miss out 
eight times in a row and his place is still probably secure. They're probably just going to be like, well, he just can't play spin, but he's still a good player. Mm. Yeah. Well, and that, there, is a, there is a bit of free, obviously, there's a lot of freedom in being a batsman on a bad deck and sort of seeing him <laughs> crumbling around you and going, right, I'm just, boys, I'm having a go here. Like, there's nothing you can do out there. Like, you've got to, like, if your technique isn't 100%, and you, then you sometimes your best option is to just have a go on some of these decks. And even even if your technique is a hundred percent, that can be your, your downfall on some of these fucking bunts and burners because mm. you're sort of trying to play everything really correctly, and you yeah you just get yeah, one yeah. you can't do anything with in a standard way, and you you're cooked and your day's done. Definitely, definitely. Um, well, I've got I've got next the uh, the keeper in the all round. I think is pretty easy. Um, like I said, it would have been panned if he was available. So we're going to go Kerry, uh, and then the all rounder like Cam Green versus Jadeja. I think because it's in India, it has to be Jadeja. Um, if it yeah. wasn't, if, it, if like if this is in England, it's the World Test Championship final. Uh, I'm probably taking Cam Green, but I think those two are pretty fair enough. Kerry and Jadeja, you happy with? Yeah, definitely. I think uh, it would be Pant. He's obviously recovering. Kishan has made some sort of memorable white ball cricket knocks recently. Um, but yeah, the test level comes down to like proven players and proven glove men at test level. And I think Kerry's just starting to sort of creep his way into the, the top level of test keepers. So um, yeah, that's probably a pretty easy one. And then yeah, Cam Green... The only argument I'd make to put Cam Green is is probably going to depend on what your bowling lineup looks like. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't mind. Yeah, we'll, hold, could, we'll keep. We'll hold that then. Yeah, you could. You could play three spinners: Pat Cummins and Cam Green as your combined eleven, if you felt like it. Yeah. Um, but if point. you were, if you're going to go two genuine seamers, two genuine spinners, you're probably going Jadeja to give you that extra option. So. Um, that would be the only argument to to put Green in there, but nah, Jadeja in India, definitely the better player. Australia might actually they they might actually do what you just said. They might actually play Cam Green as as their as their extra seamer. Yeah, I like how Monty you've sort of gone to check out. Like, yeah, it's a good point. I haven't done it, but that's a good point. It won't be the thing, <laughs> but it's not. It's certainly not what we're doing, but it is a good point. The tiebreaker in a lot of these isn't it? as just the venue. Like if it's if it's close, you're going to lean the Indian player, aren't you? Like, like that's the same. Like when we talk about, we bring up like the spinners. Like I've gone, I've gone for two more spinners. Um, you know, Australia's got Lyon, Swepson, Murphy, Ashton Agar versus we've already picked Jadeja, Ashwin, Axar Patel. I mean, obviously, we're going to rule out Murphy, Swepson, and Agar. I think that's pretty fair. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's probably. I mean, to be fair, that's probably the difference in the series right there. Like, yeah, because they don't. Australia just don't have. Like, Lyon is very good. He's one of the best in the world, and I'm sure he'll have a good series. But they don't really have another spinner to back him up. Whereas Ashwin, you know, Jadeja is world class on his own. He's an all rounder. Ashwin, I mean, he's the best spinner in the world. He's better than Lyon. Um, and then you got Axar Patel averages ten with the ball. Um, so I mean, Lions record in India is okay. Without he averages about thirty. But I, I'm just going to go an all Indian three spinners. I just let's pick the best spinners. The best spinners in India: Jadeja, Ashwin, Ashwin, and Axar Patel. Yeah. Um, g- give me some darts. Well, right, mate. You're going to spark up, are you? <laughs> <laughs> Vape's going no good for you. <laughs> 
give me an acoustic. XR <laughs> darts coming out soon. No, bloody good. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I mean it's yeah the Aussie team, the Aussie trio of backup spinners are irrelevant compared to this this Indian spin attack. Um, so yeah, I, I'd agree with you hundred percent. And then yeah, we've probably got what Cummins and Stark as your seamers potentially. Well, I had I had I had Stark, and then um, I, I looked up like how they actually did in India, and Stark averages fifty in India. Yeah. So I'm going to rule him out. Uh, I'm going to bring in Muhammad Shami, who averages twenty at home. But you've also got like the, the seamers are actually pretty sharp. Like you've got Hazelwood, you've got Muhammad Siraj, um, you got Umesh Yadav, Boland, Scotty Boland. Scotty Bowen, I don't know. I don't know what he's going to be like over there, but there's a chance. There's a good chance he plays. I think. Um, mm. Especially with Hazelwood injured. Yeah, yeah. Hazelwood out game one, isn't he? So if Hazelwood and Stark, so Hazelwood, Stark, and Cam Green are probably due to miss the first test. Yeah. Which is uh, very interesting for the bowling stocks. It's going to be a lot, a lot of pressure on there. Like, who, who do you think is going to be their second spinner for Australia? Um, or wow. are they? Yeah, they're going to potentially go three because it's it's going to be a lot of workload on these bowlers. Scotty Scotty Boland and and Cummins are uh, yeah going to have to do a lot of work. Yeah, they'll probably have to go Boland, Cummins, Swepson, Lyon, Agar, and bat Agar at seven. I imagine that's rough because oh, I was thinking I just it's almost like their spinners aren't good enough to pick three of them. Nah. Like you've almost got to, you've almost got to stick to your strengths, which is your seam, and just like and your betting, just just back it, and like go line, and I think go line, go Agar, because they they like it's not like Agar's great, like he's a decent wide ball cricketer, but there's something about orthodox bowling or darts that does well in India. Yeah, like you need to bowl quick into the, into the wicket rather than sort of like because even Shane Warne didn't really have a good record in nah. in India. And I think as well, like really, if you want some league spinovers, like are you going to give it like pick sweeps into only play as a leggy, and then if he doesn't go well, you've lost a complete spot, or do you just throw Manus or Steve Smith the ball? And if it's mm. absolutely doing pieces, it's like well, okay, like they're going to do a job. Hopefully, get one or two. And then it's on Lyon to take sort of four and five, four or five wickets and Cummins to do the rest. So, yeah, they, they probably they probably will only go Agar and, and Lyon. Um, and then, yeah, Cummins, Cummins uh, Bolland, maybe pick the extra batter. Who knows? Hmm. It's, yeah, it is, it is a tough one because it's almost like if you pick three spinners, you're sort of you're picking one to do a lot of the work, and then those second two are going to have to just combine, sort of, to be one to get one, you know, good good spinning option. But they're just going to have to do a bit of work each, and and sort of maybe the guy that's just bowling the best is, does a, does a lot more because it just feels like one of them at least they probably all are, but one's going to get targeted. Um, it's it's just going to be a hard road for them trying to take twenty wickets over there. I mean the the. The pitchers probably will give them an, as much assistance as possible, so it'll help. But I still just think those those Indian batters they play spin well. This is like you can't just they'll put out a, a dust bowl and and obviously it'll look good and you'll be tempted to play these spinners. But 
and you play them so well. It's you've got to be still right on your game. Okay, right, boys. Let's do uh, let's do a round up of the Super Smash here in New Zealand as it's uh, finals time. Uh, Canterbury beating Otago by eight wickets very comfortably in the last round robin game today. This gives them a home final on Saturday against the winner of Otago and Northern on Thursday. Northern, of course, beat Central the other night in a virtual quarter final while Auckland and Wellington brought up the rear in what was a pretty disappointing season for both those sides. Um, I've got a team of the tournament here to run through, but before I do, Jacko, should we review our predictions uh, from last week and then? Then pick the winners for for this week. Jack, I believe you were right yep. in picking Canterbury, Otago, Northern in that order. Yep, beautiful. Can, I had Canterbury straight through, didn't I? And then Otago playing Northern. So, sing, yep. sing so you, well. You, you, you were well. I had uh, I had Central, and they uh, unfortunately uh, lost. That they really bombed out. I think they lost like five in a row to to finish up, which is uh, which is not great. They were five and zero to start as well, weren't they? Well, they were top. They were top of the table, and then they ran into the buzzsaw that was Matt Bacon and yeah. uh, Nelson, um, and then they just fell off the wagon. Then they ran into another buzzsaw that's Ben Lockrose. Um, yeah. Would you say that's the worst way to be bang average? Like, oh, go on, go on a run, and then like that's going to be the worst way to sort of bow out is be sort of five in a row and then yeah, lose four and get one rained out. That's almost how 2020 can go at times. Oh, like, 100%. When you, play, when you play teams, like when you're playing the same team, it can yeah. be very hard to win a lot of games in a row. But yeah. when you're playing in like tournament, it's just like if you get hot, you can be hot for four or five games and sort of win a tournament. Or yeah. the, you can go the other way where you can just start losing and, and all these close games where 2020 can be like they just all get away from you. Mm. So it's like not that uncommon that a team just goes hot and cold like that. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, like, Canterbury lost their first three games and there were sort of mini panic stations and now it's like you've won six of your last seven and everything's fine in the world again. So Yeah, right at the right time. Well, it's, it's, all, it's all momentum, this, this T20 stuff. Like, it just... Like what you get on a roll and you can't you can't stop and then things things just go your way like you know you speak of like like the vaults and like Bacon's Fife out of nowhere like they were going to lose that game and then Lockrow's fifty out of nothing they were going to lose that game and um, and then on the reverse you've got like Wellington um, like that game that game against Canterbury where Nathan Smith hits leg stump. And then the Canterbury needed five off four or something like that. Again, mm. Nathan Smith hits leg stump, the bell doesn't come off, goes for four buys, um, game over. And just things like that just go, I don't know. I just, and that's, it's just, yeah, Canterbury and Otago just seem to be riding this wave of momentum that's pretty hard to stop at the moment. Mm. I know I know the answer, but how do you see, how do you see these two games uh, playing out? Uh, yep. So I will. I think Otago beat Northern. Although Northern might just wheel out potentially all their black caps. Um, the, the black caps will be interesting, eh? That's a, yeah, that's a that's, real wrinkle, eh? Because there's a. Who have they got, though? Uh, well, Kane. Do you think Kane and Tim Saudi play? Yeah, Kane played last Ooh. night, didn't he? That was, yeah, he played, played 50 overs today. Do you think, do you think they yeah. play a T20? I don't know. Maybe they Leading don't. Maybe they series. just yeah. Maybe maybe they do just sort of sit out and say, "Look, you guys have got yourself there." But then, fuck, if you lose a close one, do you go? Well, maybe Kane should have played. Don't know. Depends on on if the Black Caps come back because I don't know if that that tips it to Northern. Um, 
without black caps, I'll give it to Otago. They just seem to have found a little bit of a magic formula. Um, you know, they sent that tailender in the dressing room up the top who sort of always always was pestering for a go to pinch hit, and he's, he's going real well. Um, <laughs> obviously, is, that's, not, that's not how uh, Gibson's got a shot at the top, but um, yeah. This is, how, this is every, every tailender is now going to be pestering uh, oh. every dressing room going, I need, to, I need to be up top. Look what Gibson, look what Gibson does. I just need the opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just I'm just haven't had my crack yet. Um, so yeah, but in all seriousness, he's batting like unbelievably the last couple of weeks, and I think that will just that'll just trickle through. They get to play at home, so yeah, I think the Volts will just tip up the Brave, um, just momentum, and then yeah, Canterbury will be too good in the final. Um, that's another interesting one in terms of like Black Caps coming back because sort of Canterbury could wheel out five or six. So yeah, but I think regardless, Canterbury. Canterbury have been very strong and they'll and they'll stay strong and they'll win it all again. Yeah, I think I think very valid on the on the if the Black Cats will will play because I know there's there's like a certain people that will be like, oh no, these are the teams that have got you all the way there. Don't call on the Black Cats now, but like this is an under fives. You know, this is the top <laughs> level. Of, this is the top level of cricket, and you you play the players who are available. So I'm hugely in favour of um of the Black Cats playing if they are available. Um, obviously in that. I'm still going to pick Otago, either way. Um, I think it's interesting with Otago because it's not like they're this unbelievable side that just wins these games comfortable. They they almost get themselves into bad positions and then they oddly someone someone sort of pulls it out all the time for them. Um, you sort of touched it on on it before, Manta with Lockrose and that, and like it's not like they yeah they comfortably win all these games and they're just a and it's a, probably a bit unfair to say they're not a you know a great side because they obviously are. They've won enough games now where they're playing really well. It, it just seems even in, even in these games that don't go right, they sort of find a way to win, which is a quality in itself. So, I mean, obviously Canterbury are going to be very hard in that final, um, especially at home, and just they obviously the form team of the whole competition. But I'm not going to go against Otago, am I? So yeah, Otago to tip up Northern, then go to Christchurch and, and tip up Canterbury. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm going to be the same here. I think the the black caps argument. I think is interesting because I think a lot of people forget that Otago can bring in obviously Michael Rippon, Jacob Duffy, and Glenn Phillips. Brendan McCullum. <laughs> but I think I think the Glenn Phillips addition, if he plays, because he's not in he's not in that test team. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know why he wouldn't play. Um, he'd probably take a the position of his brother, which is another story. Um, but still, like you add him with Foxcroft uh, in that lineup, I think that plugs a lot of issues, which has been the Targo's middle order. Um, and then you go with like their, their bowling attack, which has been sensational all, all year. Um, you, you know, I, pro- I probably knew, do need a, a little bit of humble pie with this Targo side. You know, I've been a little hard <laughs> on them. I think I think the time, even though they got pumped today, but you know the the couple of things I've been hard on is is obviously they haven't played Chu, which they do. They have played him and they played him today. Didn't work out, but that's that's all right. And I never, I was like, why is Gibson batting at seven? Like that's making him, it's making a tail too long. I guess what's happened because of this is it's given Gibson freedom. It's given Lockrow's freedom, and they've like really grown. Into players, um, 
which I think, so that's like credit to, to Targo. And, you know, I'm just, I just think this is a Cinderella story. I think that, I think they're going to go all the way. I just think the stars are aligning. Um, I know Canterbury, look, Canterbury on paper, I get it. They've got an awesome bowling attack. Um, they're going to probably bring in Shipley, um, which is another yeah. good player. That's probably going to... I mean, there's gonna... a chance they could bring in Shipley-ish, Daryl Mitchell, Tom Latham, Henry Nichols, and Matt Henry. Yeah, bring in Henry Nichols. Yeah, well, I, I would enjoy it. Yeah, do bring him in. Mm. Um, yeah, no, we want to see him play uh, for whatever isn't reason. Gonna be, isn't it going to be great <laughs> if next week we're on the pod and Northern have just beat both teams? Yeah. <laughs> no one's. I mean, too fair. You've got two Tiger guys, two Canterbury guys. Like none of us are going to pick Northern. Let's be honest. Nah. So if you're a betting, if you want a tip for the punt, probably get on the Brave. Yeah. Yeah, on the Brave. Um, I can yeah. never like Northern just quietly. <laughs> <laughs> not, not many people do. I don't know what it is. I've sort of I've had my time. You know, when you your Fleming's in that when Fleming was at Wellington, where I enjoyed them. I liked Sinclair at Central growing up. I had my time with the Aces. Obviously, I'm a Volts fan. I never sort of got on board with Northern. Do you, do you remember when um, Saudi, Saudi was like uh, laying into uh, Sinclair in that T20 game? Yeah, there's a yeah that was a good memory. Good be call a time memory. Got on board with Northern. It's, it's when a young Saudi bursts on the scene. A, a young Mitch Santner. Yeah, yeah, it's all good stuff. I'll tell you what. If he turns up, if Santner turns up. Against the vaults, that's I mean, that's a match winner with ball, with ball and bat. That's nickly. I know he's, on, got, he's on the test squad. I know they've got, yeah, got the test coming up. Wouldn't it be fun if just everyone available played though? Well, this is another argument. Like, wouldn't how good would the super smash be if just all the black cats played the whole tournament? Mm-hmm. I know he's, yeah, sort of talked about it with the how close it would be to Big Bash, but yeah, it'd be it would be an exceptionally good tournament with everyone available. Even if you just made sure, like the second half, they were available. Yeah, yeah, like, oh, yeah. If you had like, I, a three-week three window where they sort of they play two games a week for the first two weeks, and then uh, one game, and then the sort of finals happen, like that's probably a bit more realistic. But even then, you just you just get so much good cricket out of that. Oh yeah, because I tell you what was pretty average for the big bash is is I guess like the test players leaving, like the timing of the final. Like yeah. all the all the good players leaving, um, and basically gutting the the heat, and obviously it was a good final in the end, but um, like it's pretty disappointing, like to not have all your good players for your showpiece event. Definitely, like the last thing you want is like like it was a pretty good final. It was pretty cool that what happened, but basically to have ba- your sort of twenty best cricketers watching it from hotel rooms, and that's sort of the only <laughs> content you get out of your, your best players. Um, it can't be great for the brand. Right, we'll show, show rattle through this team of the tournament and then we'll get into the snack draft. Yeah, mate, sounds good. Right, so I've got here opening up, we've got Chad Bowes, uh, 342 runs at 42 with a striker at a 157 with Dane Cleaver, who's going to be our keeper. Uh, 156 runs at 39, striker at a 123. Uh, number three at our MVP of the tournament, Dean Froxcoff. 385 runs at a 48, nine wickets at 22. I mean, the minute he's available for the Caps, lock him in. Um, Leo Carter for Canterbury, 268 runs at 53. 53 is quite a lot, eh? 
Well, that's yeah. a. That's all right. That's not nothing. That's not nothing. Um, yes, yes, yes. How, how old is he now? He's sort of he's been my, just my age. Yeah, yeah, he's been yeah. out for the, list, for the listeners that don't know how old you are, Jacko. How old, how old is he? <laughs> Twenty-eight. <laughs> um, we've got uh, Jake Gibson. Jake Gibson, who could obviously he's an opener now, but uh, he could be, he can do anything. Um, Two hundred sixty-five runs at thirty-seven with a strike at one hundred and fifty. Um, Josh Clarkson. 268 runs at 37 with a strike at a 164. Um, our all-rounder for this team, Ben Lockrose from Otago, 100 runs at 100. That's right, an average of 100. <laughs> with, a strike rate, with a strike rate of 192. Um, and then, you know, economy rate of sevens, you know, what more do you want from an all-rounder? And, and, and we know now he is a match winner. So you can't, mm. you know, you need match winners in these sorts. He's also the most confident person in New Zealand, by all accounts. Um, <laughs> you know, he, he had a he had a hat trick ball for six. He also he had his first ball for six uh, in that uh, first game against Canterbury. He's already done it coming onto the pod. Like just said, two big times can't do it. Next week, sorry. Yeah, we've been trying to get him on for a bit, but he's just sort of, he's just sort of like. Uh, just sort of palming us off. He said, "You need a blue tick, um, and then he'll, <laughs> and then he'll, and then he'll think about it." And then the bowlers. I mean, look, I, I left out the bowlers, and honestly, it could be an all Canterbury bowling attack, but I'm not going to do that. Yeah, I've got Mikey Ray leading the wicket taker, tied with Jaden Lennox, uh, the spinner from Central. So those are yeah, those are our leading wicket takers, sixteen apiece. Um, and then we're going to do friend of the show, Nathan Smith. We're going to lock him in there. He's had a good season. Uh, he's tried his best for Wellington. Uh, 10 wickets at 19 for uh, economy rate of 7. And look, I was looking up the bowling stats and you had Zach... Fo- is it, has it Folks? It's Folks, Folks or is it yeah. Folks? Yeah, Zach Folks. 12 wickets at 13, economy rate of 7. You've got Willow Rourke. You've got Gus McKenzie. All, those three were averaging 14. Uh, I'm going to go with um, Zach Fo- Folks. But... Um, yeah, there's probably no wonder that Otago and Canterbury are near the top, I think. Yeah, yeah, a lot of uh, lot of names from those two teams sort of filling out that squad, aren't there? So, um, yeah, yeah, like, like the list. Uh, not a lot I'd change, to be fair. Um, but, yeah, it's good. It's been a good been a good summer. Hopefully they condense it a bit next year. feels like it's dragged a little bit. Uh, mm. Sort of, yeah, it still just needs to be wrapped up before everyone goes to back back to work in my opinion yeah. but, um, I, I don't like the midweek stuff like the when they got midweek four trophy games like just have just have all super smash stuff yeah yeah it should be it should be done by the time everyone's back to work so people can go to these games and if sort of elimination games are on a Wednesday or a Thursday at 11 a.m like no one can go to that can they so um yeah be good to see it sort of get condensed a bit but being a good tournament and yeah red and black all the way hopefully I mean, we're talking about players here, but I think the schedule is actually probably the biggest work on, isn't it? If we're going to try and really grow the game and, and get the, the next generations in, let's get the games on at times so people can really see them. And Especially in our summer. We've had a ripping... Well, I was going to say we've had a great summer. Auckland may disagree. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> we have had some great weather. So, like, if there's some five o'clock games, you know, you could. I feel like there's a real chance to, to grow the game. Especially with this T20, you've got to sort of go all in on it, I think. 
Yeah, it's a fair point. Those games could be a little later, eh? Like um, around that like four o'clock would be a nice. Even if you yeah. don't have lights, like like he's still like we could, you know. I mean, we're playing club cricket at fucking five thirty. I'm sure we can start start a game at like sort of four o'clock and finish at like you know seven seven thirty. Especially especially up north in the height of summer. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. Um, right, I should we do snack draft. Yeah, sounds good. Right, okay. Should we do we'll do follow ups to start with? Uh, before we get into that draft, we got a lot of a lot of good feedback from the Maddie Bacon episode the other week. My favourite comment was probably from my uh, old man who couldn't actually fathom that we had him on, and actually thought it was Lugsy impersonating Bacon himself. <laughs> um, so, um, unrelated, we can announce Virat Kohli will join the show next week. Well, we're in dangerous territory trying to do an Indian accent, no, mate. Yeah. <laughs> it's a yeah, slippery slope down there. Yeah, we've got a string of guests coming up because of that. The, the draft last week was, was pick and mix. And, you know, what, what a draft that was. You know, listed with mm. Hall of Famers. Uh, unfortunately, with that, you know, you're going to get snubs. Like, not everyone can make the starting 12. Um, but, you know, we copped a bit of heat for, for the following going undrafted. Snakes. Uh, was a big one for Joe. Was apparently a big miss. I thought Lugsy. I thought you hit the best point on the snakes. Um, so, do you want to take the floor on on why snakes was undrafted? Well, I just don't think when you're when you're bringing, you know, we've got worms in there, and worms and, and snakes sort of a they they go together. Unfortunately, I don't think there's room in a lot of these drafts for both of them. Obviously, I don't mind someone that loves a loves a snake, but. When sour worms are going, I mean, mm. and I mean we've got we've got a Pascal's, um, sorry, the natural confectionery, a, a wonderful brand here in New Zealand that they're calling their thing sour worms. So I mean, if they don't even know the difference, <laughs> you know, who are we to say the difference? I've combined them in sour wheat. Yeah, that was the same. As soon as the uh, the worms got taken, I was like, yeah, snakes are gone. They sort of have gone from my head as as even an option. So, well, it's like if someone picks Coke, I'm not going to pick Pepsi, am I? No. It's just, it's no, no I'm not going to pick the second version or, or something. You, or you, like, if someone goes Coke, you're not going to go Coke, no sugar. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Um, so, Lugsy, you you were the winner uh, last week. Well, it was a, it was a two-man tie, uh, which we had to decide by tiebreaker. Bacon and Lugsy were tied at the top. Um, I, I was I was third, and uh, Jacko brought up the rear. TikTok gave Lugsy a little bit more love, so he's he came out on top. Uh, crucial for like our brand, um, I think. Yeah. Um, but you know, Lugsy, did you want to say a few words on the victory, and then and then dive into uh, our snack snack this week? Yeah, obviously, very very good to get back on on board the winning train and. And obviously, I think it always helped touch me being here this week was gonna gonna give me <laughs> help a bit with um with who was gonna win that tiebreaker, um, but yeah, obviously pick and mix as you said. I mean, just an absolute staple of growing up as a kiwi, um, always to the to the soupy for a wee pick and mix. And we've really gone another heavy hitter. Like we'll we'll cop it obviously from from some circles because some good good things are gonna go undrafted here, but. Fairly hard to go past chocolate, and there's going to be some big, big chocolates getting getting selected here. So it's not just to confirm we're, yep. we're not doing bars; it's all chocolate no, blocks. I think bars are their own their own category. Yeah. So okay. things like obviously the Kit Kat block, the Rollo block, um, still available, but not like your sort of your Kit Kat chunky bar will be off the list. 
Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, so, so with that, uh, Jacko, uh, you have the honours, the, the the prestigious number one pick. You've been sitting on this one for a while. Yeah, been on the clock for a couple of weeks. Um, you know, you wrote. I wrote my first pick down as soon as it was sort of given out. Um, Denard, sort of that time. You know, you got to change. Um, but if any, anyone's seen the movie Draft Day with Kevin Cosner, um, sort of got a wee note in my pocket and it says, creamy milk, no matter what. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, had to go had to go. Whitaker's creamy milk number one. Um, I think, <sighs> think it's probably like the best in terms of like chocolate, dairy milk's the best of the three. Um, and just you can't beat a block of creamy milk. Like It's always getting nutted. Um, yeah, it's it's the best of the best, so that'll go at one for me. That's a real old. That's an old school pick, and it's a. You just you're not gonna you're not missing with that, are you? No, no, definitely um, not. It's a blue chip talent, and it goes where it should. Okay, all right, all right. Okay, I'm going in a different direction. Uh, I'm going an up and coming talent. Uh, probably like if you're if you've got a LeBron that's been there, done that. Uh, I've got a I've got a Luka Doncic, yeah. up and coming, um, just you know up and coming. The sky's the limit with this kid. Um, I'm going Hazella. I, I, I had some I had some tonight. I just it's a it's got potential to to be the next creamy milk. I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I did um and ah about that. I thought maybe the flash in the pan Hazella, but I thought I just yeah, creamy milk is just so good. But yeah, Hazella is is right there. That's that's two huge sort of juggernauts gone there. I think you've got the best of both worlds there. You've probably you've got your test cricket and your T twenty right there. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, that's a couple of goodies off the board. And I think I'm gonna get myself into a fair bit of trouble here because I didn't sort of I sort of have obviously in my head my options, but I didn't sort of write anything down just thinking like, ah, it's chocolate, like there's just a million great options. But yeah. I might get myself into a bit of trouble here. <laughs> Interesting, because you got to pick twice too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I've, well, my first one, and this is very hard for me to do because growing up, I was such a, a Cadbury's dairy, uh, sorry, Black Forest man. Yeah, so it's very hard for me to, to sort of go against against it here um, and choose sort of the alternative from from Whitaker's. But I tell you what, it's a it's a Whitaker's clean sweep up top because I'm going to go berry and biscuit. That's um, yeah, a good, it's a good And then, ah, oh, it's tough. This, this is gonna, yeah, it might be controversial. I'm gonna, because oh, I've geez, there's some options on the board, isn't there? This is yeah. a loaded draft, but this could easily go. You go six rounds of this and get a lot of good stuff in. <laughs> I could. I mean, I'm I'm sort of straight to the night and day for a chalky bar here, both. <laughs> Um, I'm that fired out to eat some chocolate and watch India Aussie after this pod. Um, you have to wait three days. Yeah, I'll get some pilot. <laughs> I'll be watching VVS bet for an hour tonight. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go across the Cadbury's for the first time, and I'm gonna go marble. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh. I think oh. marble sensational chocolate. Um, That's huge. Yeah, I, I tend to go on a lot. And I've just got to stick with that, I guess. I'm going Cadbury's Marble. 
I tell you what, there was zero chance that Marvel was staying on the board yeah. after that round. I think yeah. if I didn't, if, if you didn't take it, I, I, and I didn't take it, we know that Jacker would have taken it. He yeah. is probably the biggest fan of Marvel going around. Oh fuck, it's good. Yeah. That's a good. <sighs> That's tough, eh? That's tough. That's throwing a real span in the works. Um, this is a, this is a tough one for me because I felt like I felt like when we decided there was no bars, you know, I felt I felt like there was a personal attack at me and my kick at crunchies. Um, uh, and, and um, you know that, 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 that cut me deep a little bit until yeah until today when I was driving home uh, from Manitata and stopped into the nine day for a wee snack as you do hot dog and chips um, and, and, yeah that was at 10.30 by the way but, uh, <laughs> um, but then I, I had a wee nosy at the, at the chocolate block aisle and, and I saw Kit Kat and Milo put together and I thought is there any? Could there be a better combo than Kit Kat and Milo? Two staples of a New Zealand household combining. It's like we thought. Like it'd be us. It'd be us and TGC like yeah. collaborating. You know what more would you want? So I'm going to go Kit Kat Milo um, for me. Nice. Yeah, that's uh, yeah huge pick. I will then with my second pick. I'll get caramel. Yeah, bugger. Um, just absolutely huge on caramel. Um, could be one of the nicest things at has put this country into like a frenzy a couple of times been released um, <laughs> yeah I remember I remember being at the self-checkout and you know those baskets you could buy like you know your, your basket you go around the supermarket with like you're obviously not there for your full shot but you're getting snacks yeah. um, a guy tried to check out with one of those full of caramel blocks <laughs> and it, like, had, the, the staff just had was to turn him away and he was he was genuinely like upset that he couldn't buy that much caramel um at the time so yeah i'll go i'll go caramel with my second pick um and then third pick geez, it is tough isn't it the third pick you sort of don't do you go rogue do you go for one of your favorites or do you uh do you sort of round out i'm gonna go and this is one of my all-time favorites and it might not hit with the listeners uh, but Whitaker's coconut rough. That is bold. I like it. It's it a bit out bold. the gate, but it really is one of my favourite um, sort of chocolate. So yeah, I'll, I'll get that to round out my team. I think it's important to have have at least at least one option that's that's like from the heart. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I, I appreciate that. That's where I'm going to head as well. Um, another collaboration um, for me. This is the chocolate that it, look. I'll, I'll be honest. I'll be upfront here. I'm not the biggest chocolate person. Um, it's not like if I'm getting a snack, I'm I'm gonna go pick and mix before pick and mix. I'm gonna go a chip before I go the chocolate. But you know, when you get a good chocolate, you know. Um, so for me, this is that chocolate that brought me out of retirement. Um, Cadbury's boysenberry ripple. Look, I don't know if that's gonna hit with everyone, but for me, that's uh, that's from the heart. I, I like it. I mean, I'm, I'm a huge chocolate. One of the great things about, because in this like time where everything's about a million dollars, somehow chocolate's gone backwards and you can always get a bar for 99 cents. So like, it's just, I think for me, it's just a staple of going to the soupy and picking up at least a wee one chocolate bar, we dot chocolate bar. Um, I like the boys and berry. Superb, um, superb pick in my opinion. There's a few, obviously. I mean, I've said it once, I'll say it again. There's good options on the board. I just can I just highlight something quickly, and I'm not sure if they're still there. Um, 
But pack and save, and because I love a nut chocolate as well. I know a lot of people don't go like your fruit and nuts and stuff, um, but I actually love a nut and a chocolate. And for the last like three weeks, pack and save have had these Cadbury's like chocolate blocks, mixed roast nuts, but smaller block, which is actually quite good at times for a dollar twenty nine. And I mean, it's too cheap to pass up. But I'm having like too many blocks far too often. So <laughs> um, that's just a public service announcement for the Dunedin folk. There may still be some at your pack and save. Um, to wind out my team, I'm, I'm the sort of the cow milk's been taken, but the Whitaker's alternative hasn't, and I think it's it's close enough and good enough um, that I'm going to have to take it. It was it wasn't obviously it never reached the peaks of cow milk in this country, but it did get a get a few things going. So I'm going to go Blondie. Mm. Blondie from Whitaker's to round eight. Just gives a bit of balance to the team. No, nah, I don't mind that. I don't mind that. Uh, very, very good selection. It'd be, it'd be like taking Cadbury's Black Forest after Berry Biscuit went off the board, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> some may argue Blondie. Some may argue for Blondie. They'd be yeah. wrong, but they may argue for. Yeah. It. Yeah. Some people like Pepsi over Coke too, but you know. <laughs> yeah, let's not go down there. I mean, the soft drink grass going to be. <laughs> So is, yeah. I don't know how we're gonna how we're gonna rule that, like with um, like because, I mean, the, whoever gets number one pick, like if you just get Coke, like is that like how do you yeah. lose? How do you I'm lose from there? I'm not doing this draft until I'm number one pick. So. <laughs> but the thing is, you don't get to pick it, like because you only pick it if you win, and then if you win, you're your last pick. Yeah, it's just gonna be one that everyone refuses to sort of yeah. bite the bullet and <laughs> pick, aren't they? Mm. Definitely, definitely. Uh, right, should we, should we wrap it up there, team? Yeah. Righty-ho. Righto, that's us for another week, team. Uh, check out our Patreon, leave us a rating and review, and, of course, since day one, up the vaults. Up the vaults. Come on, red and black. Sorry, didn't hear you there, Jacko. Sorry, you're yeah, breaking cut up. Cut out again, man. <laughs> <laughs>